It's Monday, July 18th, 2022. I'm Jackson Bird. Today, heat waves around the world are so extreme this week that one of them matches a projected forecast for 2050. Plus, MIT engineers have found a more efficient method for boiling water. And the winners of the World Emoji Awards, as well as all the new emojis drafted to hit Unicode 15 in September. Here's some cool stuff for your ride home. Substantial heat waves are baking parts of Western Europe, Central Asia, and the Central U.S. this week, contributing to wildfires, killing hundreds, and straining resources in many places that simply were not built for these high temperatures. About a dozen locations from western France up into the UK saw all-time record high temperatures today, with dozens more breaking daily or monthly record highs. Various maps showing high temperature anomalies over time in Europe and around the world are truly gobsmacking. Now, while the heat wave in the central U.S. will be stifling and still deadly, the majority of towns and households there have experienced these temperatures before. In the United Kingdom, it's a different story. You might have seen a lot of headlines saying how England is expected to hit 40 degrees Celsius for the first time since weather records started being kept. That's 104 degrees Fahrenheit, which might not sound too hot to some Americans, or at least not unprecedented, but here are a few things to keep in mind. First, the closest the country has ever come to that record-breaking 40 degrees Celsius was 38.7 back in 2019. That's just over 101 degrees Fahrenheit. And even the notorious UK heat wave of 1976 topped out at 35.9, or 96.6 degrees Fahrenheit. A typical non-heat wave July afternoon in the United Kingdom, according to the Washington Post, would be in the low 20s Celsius, or mid-70s Fahrenheit. Pretty nice weather, and it makes sense when you remember how far north the UK really is. London's latitude is slightly north of Calgary. So, yeah, 104 degrees Fahrenheit is very atypical. And crucially, less than 5% of UK households have air conditioning. Less than 5%. You know, it's one thing to maybe chuckle a little at Brits finding 80-degree weather to be too stifling, but quite another to suggest they're overreacting when they don't have the same resources common in the U.S. to safeguard against the heat. Though one of their own members of parliament did just that, calling his constituents snowflakes and cowards for worrying about the heat. And this was after the government issued their first-ever red heat warning. Now, another warning that's caused a bit of a stir online is a projected forecast that the UK's Met Office made in 2020 that sought to show what a typical forecast might be in three decades. A forecast for July 23rd, 2050. Now, on Friday, atmospheric scientist Simon Lee took to Twitter to point out how that hypothetical July 2050 forecast is weirdly almost identical to the actual forecast for this coming Tuesday. Yikes. Now, while a lot of people quickly interpreted that to mean that we have arrived at a doomsday climate emergency scenario 28 years early, Lee and others were quick to clear that up. He followed up his initial tweet by saying, quote, To clarify, I don't think you can interpret this as climate change occurring faster than anticipated. Climate models have shown that 40 degrees Celsius is possible in the UK in the current climate. Just very rare. 
My point is that what's coming on Tuesday gives an insight into the future. End quote. In other words, Tuesday's forecast is still an anomaly, a deadly record-breaking anomaly, but an anomaly nonetheless. The 2050 forecast is a peak at what might be normal in 28 years. And Met Office climate attribution scientist Dr. Nikos Christidis said in a statement, quote, In a recent study, we found that the likelihood of extremely hot days in the UK has been increasing and will continue to do so during the course of the century, with the most extreme temperatures expected to be observed in the southeast of England. Climate change has already influenced the likelihood of temperature extremes in the UK. The chances of seeing 40 degrees Celsius days in the UK could be as much as 10 times more likely in the current climate than under a natural climate unaffected by human influence. The likelihood of exceeding 40 degrees Celsius anywhere in the UK in a given year has also been rapidly increasing. And even with current pledges on emissions reductions, such extremes could be taking place every 15 years in the climate of 2100. End quote. So it's not the horrifying scenario some headlines are making it out to be, but it is still not good at all. And the situation is pretty dire on the continent as well. Portugal topped 47 degrees Celsius or 116 degrees Fahrenheit on Thursday. France, Greece, Spain, and Portugal are all currently trying to control multiple wildfires that are displacing thousands and killing emergency personnel. The heat waves are not at all helping attempts to get the wildfires under control. This is what the world looks like when average world temperatures have risen just one degree Celsius over pre-industrial levels. It never sounds like much when we talk about the need to stop global temperatures from rising more than 2.4 degrees Celsius, but this is the reality of those temperature increases. Much more extreme temperature increases in our day-to-day -day lives, much more extreme weather situations. Even if we hit those super ambitious climate goals, summers like this or really more like that 2050 projection, are certainly ahead. And if we fail to meet those goals, well, it's a tough reality to grapple with. And on that rather grim note, I'm dropping a couple of links in the show notes about how to stay safe during heat waves. Even though some folks, like that MP in England, like to think that we just need to buck up during heat waves, they do remain extremely dangerous. By some accounts, the most dangerous of extreme weather events, particularly because their danger can be sneaky. People don't tend to prepare for them in the same way they might a tornado or a hurricane, and symptoms of heat stroke or dehydration can sneak up on you. If you don't have air conditioning in your home, try spending some time somewhere that does. A lot of towns designate public libraries or gymnasiums as cooling centers during heat waves. Or if you've got the cash, you can go somewhere like a movie theater. And if you are a redhead in the United Kingdom, you're in luck on that note. Today and tomorrow, Showcase Cinemas is offering free tickets and a free icy to all redheads. As Yahoo News UK reminds us, quote, those with red hair can struggle in high temperatures due to having two copies of a variant of the MC1R gene, which affects the type of melanin pigment they produce, leading to freckles, pale skin, and a strong tendency to burn in the sun, end quote. So, nice one, Showcase Cinemas, looking out for all the gingers. A watched pot never boils. If you put a frog in boiling water, it jumps right out, but if you put it in before the water starts boiling, it won't notice before it's too late. 
We have tons of aphorisms about how long it takes to boil water, but MIT engineers might be rendering those aphorisms even more inaccurate than they already were with a breakthrough in boiling water more efficiently. So there are two key parameters involved in the boiling process, the heat transfer coefficient, or HTC, and the critical heat flux, or CHF. Usually, if you try to improve one, the other gets worse. Lead author Yongsub Song explains, quote, Both parameters are important, but enhancing both parameters together is kind of tricky because they have intrinsic trade-offs. If we have lots of bubbles on the boiling surface, that means boiling is very efficient. But if we have too many bubbles on the surface, they can coalesce together, which can form a vapor over the boiling surface. And if we have vapor in between the surface and the water, that prevents the heat transfer efficiency and lowers the CHF value. End quote. So, in a study recently published in Advanced Materials, Song and others devised three different surface modifications. Quoting Science Alert, First, a series of microscale tubes are added. This array of 10 micrometer-wide tubes, spaced about 2 millimeters apart, controls bubble formation and keeps the bubbles pinned to the cavities. That prevents a vapor film from forming. At the same time, it reduces the concentration of bubbles on the surface, reducing boiling efficiency. To tackle that, the researchers introduced an even smaller scale treatment as the second modification, adding bumps and ridges just nanometers in size within the surface of the hollow tubes. That increases the available surface area and promotes evaporation rates. Lastly, the microscale cavities were housed in the center of a series of pillars on the material surface. These pillars speed up the drawing-off process for the liquid by adding more surface area. In combination, the boiling efficiency is significantly increased. As the nanostructures also promote evaporation under the bubbles and the pillars keep up a steady supply of liquid to that bubble base, a layer of water between the boiling surface and the bubbles can be maintained, enhancing the maximum heat flux. End quote. It is a pretty cool proof of concept, but the team acknowledges it isn't scalable in its current form. Further research and experimentation will need to be conducted to figure out how it could one day be used in commercial industries, and there are a number of applications if they work it out. At first, it doesn't just have to be water. The same technique could apply to different liquids, and really any method that decreases the energy required for such a common and everyday task is good news. SciTech Daily also offers as an application the thermal management of electronic devices, saying, quote, an area that is becoming more important as semiconductor devices get smaller and managing their heat output becomes ever more important, end quote. Which, yeah, you know, if water for my tea can boil more quickly, like, that's kind of cool, but if we can prevent phones and computers from overheating and catching fire, that would be even better. Yesterday, July 17th, was World Emoji Day, so dubbed because it is the date that displays on the calendar emoji on all devices. Previously, they each had their own separate date, usually an Easter egg like the date that the company was founded, but now they are all July 17th. Emojipedia founded and runs the primary celebrations for World Emoji Day, including the World Emoji Awards, which are voted on by the public. This year, the award for most popular new emoji, that is, from the lineup of emoji introduced to major platforms in the year prior, went to the face holding back tears. 
This was a newer variation on one of the existing ones. Now, one of my most used new favorites came in third place, the Melting Face. I really like this one. It's so good, and I especially like that it kind of breaks the bounds of typical emojis spatially. And apparently, a lot of other people like it too because that melting face emoji had another moment to shine. It took home the award for most 2022 emoji, the emoji that people determined most defined the vibe of the year, a melting face. Pretty impressive for a brand new emoji to define a time so well. Now, meanwhile, the Lifetime Achievement Award went to the classic red heart. Emojipedia says that this award goes to, quote, some of the most popular and significant of all the emoji that we see across our texts and social messaging every day, whether old or new, end quote. And they referred to the red heart emoji as, quote, one of the most enduring emojis there is, end quote. The enduring power of love indeed. Now that leads me into the final award in more ways than one. The fourth category in the World Emoji Awards is Most Anticipated Emoji. So these come from the draft emoji candidates for the year. These technically will not be officially announced until September with Unicode 15, so they might not all make it in, but most of them typically do. And the winner of the Most Anticipated Emoji went to the Simple Pink Heart. Love really is actually all around. Now, if you're like me, you might have thought, wait, didn't we already have a pink heart? Well, sort of. There are a few pink hearts doing things like beating, growing, sparkling, and being wrapped in a ribbon. But even though we've got a whole rainbow lineup of plain red, orange, yellow, green, blue, purple, black, brown, and white simple heart emojis, there is not a plain and simple pink one but that will likely change come September, and people are way more excited about it than I would have thought. Emojipedia notes that it's been one of the most discussed absences on the emoji keyboard for years, and one of the site's most popular emoji requests since 2016. In addition to a simple pink heart, Unicode 15 will likely also see the addition of a light blue heart and a gray heart. This year's lineup is also the smallest number Unicode has ever recommended at one time, with just 31 emojis compared to 112 in 2021 and 334 in 2020. Now, part of that is due to the lack of new people emojis in this draft. The numbers really add up fast when you have 6 to 18 different versions for every emoji to accommodate genders and skin tones. So without those people emojis, some of the standout additions in Unicode 15 include a jellyfish, a moose, maracas, the Wi-Fi symbol, the symbol for the Sikh faith, a peapod, a hyacinth, a hair pick, some angel wings, and more. Yeah, I continue to be surprised by the enduring power of the emoji. I really would have bet on the emoji fad ending around 2013, so I guess what do I know? Emojipedia noted last week that emoji use on Twitter has in fact reached a 10-year high. Emoji use just keeps on going up and up. And that finding has me all face with open mouth emoji. Well, that's going to be it for me for today. This show was produced by Ride Home Media. I'm Jackson Bird, and I will talk to you again tomorrow.